otherwise on SAFM. A very good Monday to you, Mzansi, from me, Shadow Twala. Welcome to Otherwise Talking Women on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. The show is produced by Hazel Makuzeni, and our technical producer for today is Lono Bofani. Our contact details are 0892102010, email otherwise at safm.co.za, tweets at otherwise safm or at Shadow Twala. Today we find out about Indao Life Pod, a modular prefab home designed specifically for a South African context. And we speak with architect Clara Cruz Almeida, who is also credited for her work on the Soweto Theatre. In 10 magical days in December, Oya Hazel Gumeda does not only call on us, South Africans, to be active citizens, but she gives us the roadmap of what it will take for South Africa as a country to flourish. So stay tuned for that one. Before that, uh, my lunch bite for today. Our daily deeds as ordinary South Africans must produce an actual South African reality that will reinforce humanity's belief in justice, strengthen its confidence in the nobility of the human soul, and sustain all our hopes for a glorious life for all. Those are words by Nelson Holihlahla Mandela. Otherwise, on SAFM. Clara Cruz Almeida is the principal architect of Clara Almeida Architects. Hello, Clara. Welcome to Otherwise. Uh, hello, Shadow. Thank, uh, thank you for inviting us. Is your radio on, Clara? Uh, no, my radio is not on, but we are in a studio, which is a little bit open. Do you need us to be in a more protected area? I'm getting an echo of some kind, but let's see how it goes. Um, we, we're going to move into a more private space. Hold on a moment. Okay. We are moving there. <laughs> yes. Sorry about that. No it's problem. Be- but it's better here now. I think so. I think so. Your work. And when you say we, who else is there with you? Okay. I brought, uh, obviously, the work that I've done uh, on this part is a collaboration mm. with a couple called Dr. and Mrs. Mm-hmm. And I have Katie Taplin with me. She's part She's the one half of Dr. and Mrs. Oh, fantastic. Welcome, Katie. Hello. Hi, Shadow. It's great to be here. Thank you. Listen, I, this, this Indao uh, life pod just caught my eye, and I thought it was such a brilliant idea, and I thought you could come and tell us a bit more about it. What, what, it says it's a prefab nano home designed and manufactured in South Africa, and we're very proud of that. But just give us a bit more information about it. Well, I started when I realized that a young person that qualifies today in some some sort of studies and he starts working, that it's extremely difficult for them to enter the property market Mm -hmm. until perhaps five or ten years later because of how much money you'd have to save. You know, the property market starts perhaps at 800,000 or 1 million rand. Mm -hmm. So I thought that, you know, we do have a history of sort of rented rooms and there is a huge growth in tiny houses throughout the world. So I decided to design one for an actual uh, graduate that I knew. And um, Lucky I think graduate. that that's uh, 200,000. That's what he should be able to buy it at. And that's how I started developing. And then obviously I procured a partnership or collaboration with Dr. and Mrs. So they did all the interior systems and the decor. And I just stuck to the envelope and the construction system. 
Dr. and Mrs. will get to just now, but I, I want to know, um, for somebody who hasn't seen these structures, apart from the, because I know South Africans don't like prefab and those kinds of things. South Africans like brick and mortar. How how popular do you think you can uh, this this prefab house is going to be? Well, we don't know. Uh, so far, you know, there's been a great interest. But the, I did try in order to access the market quicker. The one thing that exists in the construction field is that there is a high level of inefficiency when one is using wet trades, uh, you know, bricks and mortar. Mm. So. Um, a part like this can be constructed in a four-week net time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, the reduction of the construction time and also the factory conditions makes it that you make the whole thing much more efficient. And alongside that, many continents in the world, entire cultures are based on drywall construction. Mm-hmm. We, we, it's not you know, very common here, it's common in maybe office interior partitioning, but it's actually, it's a a system uh, where many countries use this sort of system. Australia, New Zealand, Japan, uh, India, uh, it's extraordinarily popular. All of America, most of America uses this. So I thought it's a system that exists throughout the rest of the world. What are the... What are the benefits of, of, of using this system, apart from the fact that it's easy to pack your house up and move it uh, whenever you want to move? But what are the benefits? If people need to be sold or marketed towards uh, this system, what, what, how would you encourage them to? Well, first of all, it, it can behave thermally. In terms of thermal comfort, it behaves as well as uh, in most areas of South Africa as a wet trade system. Secondly, it's the speed of erection and the fact that you can select what you're gonna have and you are completely assured of quality control because the house is manufactured in a factory conditions. The other major thing that I think creates a lot of annoyance in people is the fact that builders move onto your site and they stay there for nine to 18 months constructing mm. something mm. and they destroy the garden and then your soil is full of cement. Uh, there is a lot of destruction of the environment when you're doing uh, wet trades. So I think those for, for me are the central ones, uh, you know, issues. Also the fact that, you know, if you're doing it in a small, uh, in, in an area where, uh, you know, let's say a beach plot uh, or somewhere that's slightly inaccessible, Neisner Mountains, mm. a dry wall system is easily transportable up mm. there. Mm. And, and the fact that you then can add on without, you know, I'm, I'm, most people have probably experienced adding on a bedroom to the house and I trans- transformed their lives. Um, you know, you can't live properly in your house while you're trying to add a bedroom. So this house starts as a, something that you can add on uh, as a cottage on the outside of your house, but then it's modular and you can also add on all sorts of other uh, elements and make it into a bigger house. Mm, mm. And, and as you get more money to do or, or your family grows, you can add bits. But, but Kate, let's come to you here. How easy is it to 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 design the space inside for you know the interior of the space because 
um, again, we want to, to, to buy these huge, uh, pieces of furniture and, and, you know, uh, kitted with all the modern, uh, stuff. Can we continue to do that in this space? Hi. I mean, you can do you. You can use existing furniture in this space. You don't have to use um, our furniture that was designed for it. But that said, um, because of the the size of the pod, it is our our systems are designed specifically for space saving, and um, they're they're m- most of the system is all wall mounted. Okay. So um, it means that. It's not there's, it's not like a, a big server or a big table um, sticking out of the wall. It's, it's things fold away. Um, the, the the storage system goes all the way up to the top that you access on ladders. Um, we have open and closed storage, fold away couches that ah. you know when when you don't have the space to have the couch out, you you can you can put it away and it doesn't um, take up. Um, unnecessary space and then we've also integrated um, storage systems inside things like the bed for instance Mm. Um, because storage became a very big thing in terms of designing the interior as well as needing those creature comforts that people identify with being at home so you know the couch and having a dining table so that you could have friends over um, so yeah, it was. I think, I think, I would recommend going with the furniture that was designed. Well, of course, <laughs> well, of course, but you know, for and, obvious reasons. And and this is the beauty of it all because you're buying one complete space, and you don't have to bring in extras. And I love the fact that, and in the picture that I saw. Um, the, the 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 and I'm not sure what, what turned out to be a a kind of uh, veranda or something like that, uh, kind of folded out, which becomes a security door afterwards. Uh, okay, that was a sketch oh, yeah. that perhaps uh, demonstrated that the the deck could be actually your security ah. uh, door that would flip down, mm-hmm. and that's that, that's not how exactly it was designed in the end. It was just another conceptual idea but you know the body is actually aimed at the young person that's starting out and it kind of questioned how much do you need to really live well Mm. so it went very small but it has top of the range facilities and we uh, also analyzed certain other cultures in the world where that have a slightly different perception of um um, of society, for example, the Japanese, where they do not give rooms their names because a space can be many different things depending on what the next person does in it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that's why we gave the spaces names that are verbs of actions so that it can become anything you want it to become. Now, I want to know, does one have to own the land that you would uh, put this, 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 uh, the life, the pod in? Um, or probably one leases the land. And I'm, cause I'm trying to see that the price of the pod is quite reasonable at 220 for, for, for 200,000, uh, for the student. Uh, where do they get the land from to put this up? Well, uh, also, in, in doing it, we were questioning the system of you thinking that you have to own land. 
Mm. Uh, I mean, in, throughout South Africa, actually, uh, the majority of people do not have complete security of title. They don't either realize the importance of a title deed or they don't have it to them. Mm-hmm. But people do reside on land. And in fact, humans are basically, by nature, uh, migratory species. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it is common that someone will build a back room and stay there. So our idea was that initially for, you should enter the property market the, the earliest that you can. So buy a pod. Then you, when you've purchased the pod, you now have an uncle that has got a large plot and you, or someone you know, and you rent the land from him. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. it means that you could have, instead of going to live in a space with some back room that is done to substandard by someone else, you can have top of the range space for yourself and you'd offer the landowner. So it's, in a way, it's actually connecting uh, two different uh, assets. A person with some cash that has bought a pot and a person with land that might be bonded but has not got no cash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, the, the pod owner arrives and says, I'll pay for the services connection, give me three months rent free or something like that. And he pays for the services connections. And then he just moves in there and you make a lease agreement for however, you know, uh, five years or whatever it is. Obviously, it costs quite a lot to, to change, to move all the time. So, you know, preferably the pot stays, uh, it depends rather on your life and how your life changes. Mm-hmm. So you could leave it behind with that owner and he just rents it out to someone else and you go and live in a bigger house. And then later on, you buy a second property, which is at the, the beach, and then you go and fetch your pot and you take it there while you may be constructing a big mansion. So mm-hmm. the, the, the pot can be you know, used for many different instances. Kate, do I take it, and, and, and I, I don't want to minimize what you do, but just to give people an idea of what we're talking about, do I take it, uh, the, the idea of a caravan would probably be, uh, especially for the interiors of, of the pod, would that be um, adequate to, to be thinking that direction, that it, it's, it's, it's similar to what you'd find in a caravan? We, 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 looked, we did look at caravan design, and we, we also looked at... Um, sailboats and yacht design um, but we, we really wanted to make sure that it felt like a home mm. so you, you look at these systems but you you need to sit down and at, at a table and, and feel like you're, you're in a home rather than um, a caravan so that was very important for us mm. and it was also very important that it didn't, it wasn't too a lot of these pods and small homes have these sort of very playful um, almost childlike feeling inside, re- like you're in a doll's house or a caravan <laughs> or something like that. And we really wanted to, to feel high end and comfortable and beautiful. So, no, it was it was the functionality combined with um, really feel like feeling like you were in a home. That was very important for us. And of course, the finishes are quite fine finishes, right? Yeah, and durable, um, and um, because you know, when you're when you're folding things away and, and opening things up, um, they actually need to, they need to be more durable than than if it was just a static piece. Um, but yeah, the, the whole system is also um, it's modular. So even though it is custom, it is designed for the pod. You could have a wall full of shelves or 
or not. Um, everything clips onto the walls, so you could choose wherever your lights want to go, um, where you want to put a table, what you want to do with the space. So there's a lot of um, customization that can also happen by the user and by the homeowner. So you are allowed to decorate your own home the way you want. So how, what's the process then? Do I find a ready-made pod or do I then have to go through a process of sitting with uh, the two companies and, and, and that's Dr. and Mrs. and, and the architects at Clara Cruz to, to define my space and the, the amount of space I need firstly and then how I want the interiors to look like? What's the process? Uh, yes, we would recommend that. First, you know, that there is a, a fair variable is the site conditions that you are going to put it on. Mm-hmm. So if you were interested to buy a pod, you'd have to select a site that's where you would want to put it and you confer with us and we will do some preliminary investigations and give an idea of what the foundations and that sort of thing would cost. And then you would order uh, if you're keen, you would order a pod, you say how you want to use and how you want to live with, in it, and we would make recommendations, and you select and choose the finishes and colors that you'd want, and then it would enter production. Um, so it wouldn't be, there isn't one made, I mean, there is one made, which is a prototype that mm-hmm. is made, mm-hmm. but uh, they're not uh, literally off the shelf. We'd always <laughs> be produced for the specific person. And, and, and obviously the, the size of the land would determine the size of the pod, right? Well, the pod is very small. It's really the size of a parking bay, you know, wow. in the city. So I would say it just needs the space of two parking bays so that you have a little bit of side, side space around it. So if you gave us those sizes or you gave us a property name or address, we'd be able to make even just, you know, by going to Google... Uh, uh, recommend uh, a couple of options hmm. and then from then on you will choose what you finally want inside I'd like please for you to stay on the line we're taking a little break and we'll come back and uh, talk some more otherwise on SAFM if you're looking for a starter home or an elegant cottage on your premises, maybe even a granny cottage, then you must be listening to us talking uh, to Katie and and Clara about the Indow Life Pod. Now, I want to know if one can run a business from one of these, Clara. Definitely. I mean, we we have actually shown on the website as well how you can pair them, and one of our uh, explorations now is to do a business hub for a township. Mm. Uh, so you would put two parts, slight, a slight distance apart, and then you cover the space in between to form a, a sort of a larger room. And we're trying to engineer that to, you know, make it cost sufficiently well. We have someone that's interested in producing them. And Kate, you'd still be able to give the kind of furnishings within depending on on what the use is for sure i mean we we would we would just maybe not have a kitchen unit or mm. we would make the kitchen unit a little bit smaller so that you still had a a little place a tea room or whatever and mm. then um we'd maybe make more desks um and since they're all wall mounted you just make a bank of desks with perhaps more storage that would you know that's less for clothes and more for books or mm, mm. working things and um 
And yeah, you'd most likely take the bed out of there and replace it with more um, work-related items. Mm. From from us, it's a standard catalog. You you can just pick and choose, and and we clip them onto onto the onto the walls as as need be for for the use of the pod. So, where can we see this this prototype? Uh, The prototype is now placed at Nyrox, the Nyrox grounds, which is. uh, in Mulder's Drift or Maropeng. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it, it will, it, we're still busy trying to make it um, connected to services. We finished it on the interior, but it is not connected yet to services. And so from early next year, we will be able to have uh, show houses. So, and people will probably be able to also go and stay there if someone was interested to. Uh, buy one, we could give them a weekend at the pod for them to experience what it's like to live in one. Well, I want one in Cape Town, please. <laughs> okay. Coming right up. <laughs> Coming right up. My order's in the room. So, so it's, but people can go and visit the website then to just get more, more, uh, information and, and engage you. Can, can, can we give that website address, please? Sure www.podindow.com And are you available for, for a conversation directly with, with individuals? Do you want to give us your email address or is it all at, 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 on the website? It's all through the, through the website. Um, we, we answer every email that comes through um, on that website. So if you go there, you'll be in, directly in touch with both myself and Clara. Kate, thank you so much for your time. And Clara, you too. Muito obrigado, Clara. Thank you, Cheryl. De nada. Um prazer. Okay. <laughs> Take care. And, and then thank you for joining us. Okay, if you if you want that address, it's www.pod, which is P-O-D hyphen indaw, I-N-D-A-W-O dot com. I was very excited when I saw this. So go and get inspired. Otherwise... On SAFM. Oya Hazel Gumede is considered to be one of South Africa's top women leaders. And I tell you, her CV reads like a who's who. But why we've invited her to come and talk to us, she's got the 10 magical days in December. And in it, Oya Hazel Gumede does not only call on us South Africans to be active citizens, but she gives us the roadmap of what it will take for South Africa as a country to flourish. Welcome, Oya. Hi, Shadow. Thank I, you for I, I wasn't on quite, your show. I wasn't quite sure to call you Oya Hazel Gumede. It seems to flow so nicely when you say Oya Hazel Gumede. You know what? I prefer being called Oya Hazel, actually, but South Africans prefer either the Oya or the Hazel, but I love being called Oya Hazel. Oya Hazel. Thank you, Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> and where does Oya come from, the, word, the name? Yeah, it's actually, it's a very interesting story. The short version, which is that, um, so I grew up obviously in apartheid South Africa, and um, my grandmother was an amazing woman, um, basically kind of connived to get us into a college school. So so during the apartheid era, my surname was Shelton. 
And uh, kind of 10 years into apartheid, I thought, you know, I'm not into apartheid, into the new democracy. You know, I thought, well, I've paid my dues, I've kept my surname because I felt guilty about benefiting from the tricameral system. It's now time for me to reclaim my identity and go back to my real surname, which is actually Gumete. Mm. And during that time, I'd been listening to President, the then-President Mbeki speaking about Sheikh Ante Diop and the whole notion of how the African who has heard the call of a renaissance will feel rising within them a Promethean spirit. Mm. And I thought, well, I feel Prometheus rising up in me. <laughs> and then I thought, well, I'm changing my surname. I might as well actually find a name that indicates my vision and my passion for Africa. And then I, interestingly enough, had a P- Portuguese friend who said to me, why are you looking in Prometheus and, and Greek philosophy? You should be looking in African mythology and philosophy. And then I went and I found Oya, which is really from Yoruba mythology, mm. which is Nigerian mythology. Mm. And it actually means the goddess of the Niger River. And, and she's associated with with productive change and she's enchanting and she swirls around in her skirts bringing about positive chaos reflecting change and I thought that's it that's the name I should become so I've changed my name to Oya I started Oya Hazel Kometa from then well your work you've earned that name because of your work you know that you you continue to do and it couldn't have been a better way of 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 honoring that name Oya oh, yeah. now Thank you so much. <laughs> on Friday we were honoring and acknowledging the 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 legacy of Otatu Nelson Mandela that's right and you just thought you know let's do a whole 10 magical days in December <laughs> explain that you know shadow it was interesting that last year when, when Utata died, you know, he had obviously exited from the public stage for a couple of years. And in one of the articles, I talk about how most of us, had, me included, had quote unquote forgotten him. You know, he, he, he was old and he had exited the stage. And then he passed away. And there was something so profoundly magical about his passing away that I took a step back and I thought, it's only a truly extraordinary and a great soul who gives you more gifts in dying than he ever did in living. And I thought there's got to be a way to capture the magic of that time. There's got to be a way to say, you know what? That gave us these gifts in dying. And in dying, he gifted us in a way that we never thought was actually possible. And for me, it was a way that almost on some level, he surpassed himself. And I thought we've got to capture that. We can't come to the commemoration of, of, of his passing away and not be able to capture the essence of the magic of that time. And of course, I then looked at, at what has been happening in the nation and I thought the nation needs some kind of an inspiration. We need some kind of a reality check, but we also need to be reaffirmed, reinvigorated, re-inspired. We, have, we need a recall to a new kind of imagination. And what better way to do that than to take those 10 days and reflect upon them? I thought somebody must write about the 10 days just in the same way that Frank Chicane wrote eight days in, in mm. September. Somebody must write 10 days in December. And I thought, well, I'm going to take up the challenge because I feel the passion. I feel the call. So at the last minute, I just thought I need to get the stuff out of me. I keep on saying to my friends. It wasn't even so much as an idea that I sat down and I decided to write but even when I thought I'm too busy I don't have the time, I had to get this, these 10 days out of me. And so I sat down and I penned these 10 days and I said, what was it about that time? What is it that it's calling us to as South Africans?
happens, how do we re-envision ourselves and what is it then going to take us to actually build the South Africa that we kind of, with, that we want and we, and, and we dream of and which our founding fathers and mothers actually lived for and died for and obviously that's encapsulated in the legacy of Ubaba, Dada. You know, I'm, I'm so enthused when I hear you speak and, and when I hear your passion about, you know, the, the, the 10 days. And, and it's all about South Africa, really, and where you find uh, we are in South Africa right now. But a lot of people are, are despondent. A lot of people are, are, are just so disconnected from their South Africa. Some, some people think it's not my South Africa anymore, so I've got nothing yeah. to do. Or, you know, it's theirs now. It's not mine. We've a lot of people have disassociated themselves with this big dream that we had as 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 a new South African. And you write in your your the title of your first article is "This is not South Africa." Exactly, exactly. Uh, and and I think that the, the reason that um, you know I started it there is is because when I kind of felt it within myself that. I have to get these articles out of me. It was after I'd sat and I'd listened to, uh, to President Kabombegi just speak to a couple of us on a Saturday morning. And, and he in passing just said, I don't live in South Africa. And he said, you know, Zanella will tell most of you that I don't live in South Africa. I sometimes visit South Africa, but I don't live in South Africa. And, and he said that in passing. But as a couple of us started discussing all of this, we thought, you know, that you, you could interpret that in a literal way and just think, okay, he's usually out solving the problems of South Sudan mm. and you know other countries in Africa mm. but there's a more profound and metaphorical way that you could understand that statement um, and we chose to understand it in the metaphorical way which is to say when we look around and we see everything that's happening within our country in the breakdown in, in structures and systems in the breakdown of of individuals and communities in the lack of transformation of us as individuals and communities in our inability to take responsibility either because we feel disempowered or because we don't even know where it is that we need to begin in the poverty and the suffering in the dirt of leadership and in the myriad of our social economic problems you've got to be able to take a step back and say this can't be South Africa this can't be what it is that our founding fathers and mothers were passionate about this can't be what it is they, that they envisioned when they chose to live and some of them to die for South Africa this can't be what it is that Utata himself and his legacy is possibly supposed to represent. It can't be South Africa. We know what South Africa is supposed to be like. We have intimations of what South Africa is supposed to be like. And this is not it. It can't be it. Whatever it can't be. Oh, yeah. What should we see in the South Africa that we imagine or that we want the, the South Africa that we want, that would be the country we want to live in. And I know you've mentioned all the negatives and, and what we see now, but maybe that's where we lost the dream of getting to make it the South Africa we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think for me, there, there, there's two fundamental issues that one must always look when you're trying to, to, to analyze questions with regards to how you build a nation. You know, and I touch on it in one of my, you know, my 10 days articles. I think it's probably like the fifth or the sixth one where I say we're two from here, South Africa. And I start looking at it and I say there's two issues, really. The one is, is the systems and the structures that we currently have in the nation. Uh, systems and structures that either served as well at a particular 
particular point because they were appropriate, but they certainly are no longer appropriate for where we are in terms of our trajectory in history. So they require some kind of, of change, they require some kind of evolution, and we need to be able to say, how do we then play our role as citizens to ensure that those uh, systems and structures are then changed? And I do a, a, a huge thing where I say we, we can't feel impotent. You know, there was one, one time when John Robbie was speaking, and he said South Africans feel frustrated and impotent. Mm. And, and, and what I do is I, I really highlight the fact that we are not impotent. If democracy is supposed to be about anything, you know, going back to, to the traditional almost ANC and, and that uh, mantra at the beginning of democracy, it was, it was a government for the people, of the people, and by the by people. By the people. So, hold that thought, Oya. Hold that thought, please. We're taking a little break, and I'm coming back to talk fine, to you. That's fine, Shadow. Thanks. Otherwise, on SAFM. Ten magical days in December uh, is uh, what Oya Hazel Gumede is, is, is reminding us to do as South Africans and how this country may change. Um, and simply because, you know, celebrating more than one Madiba Day won't do it. We need to do more. Um, Oya, you mentioned the system and structures in place. Uh, you mentioned democracy and us not being impotent. But, you know, I wonder what we understand by democracy. Do we mm. all have the same understanding? Mm. Because you speak democracy and you think you've covered it all, but some people think democracy is, is just getting that free house. That's democracy true. is getting a grant. And n- now that that's in place, that's how we measure our democracy. That's true. So, that's true. so, so that's how, true. how do we get to be on the same page to understand <laughs> what democracy means and and before we even get to our human rights and 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 our constitution Hmm. You know, it's interesting that you talk about being on the same page because, you know, when I started reflecting about where is it that we need to start as South Africa in order to be able to go forward, you know, I reflected quite a bit in portions of the articles on what does it mean to get onto the same page. And the point that I was making is that, you know, if an outsider looked at us as South Africans, they'd be amazed at how we speak, we seem to speak the same language, but we say the same thing in words, but when they have, if, if one dissected it deeply, it, it will mean completely different things, you know? So, so whether we're talking about democracy or whether we're talking about how business, uh, civil society and government need to work together to make the nation flourish or whether we're talking about what needs to happen in order for us to have healthy departments, it, it, it doesn't matter what subject you look at, Shadow. I think in general, South Africans say similar things, i.e. we say the same words, but we don't speak the same language, mm. the same language. And so it's fundamental that we almost have got to deconstruct what it is that we, we are saying so that we can then get to some kind of a common page. And, and that can only be done by, by, by us actively taking responsibility for having conversations on a micro as well as on a macro level you know i mean the, you know the moment you think conversations then you think having huge conferences and dialogue mm-hmm. but uh, you know there's a point in article 9 i think we are saying truly where to from here south africa and and i kind of 
states what is similar to a pledge that we need to, to be saying to all the gatekeepers in power who have an interest in keeping the status quo and will therefore not want South Africa to change, and to ourselves, because their systems and structures, which is the one point, and then the other issue is us taking personal responsibility for our vices, for the way we've been complicit in creating the South Africa that we all feel alienated in. And I oh, think yeah? Yep. Sweetie, we've run out of time. Can you believe it? Have we run it? out of time? We have, but listen to me. Um, yes, I'm going to ask you to come back and talk to me before the 10 days is up. But listen, where do we find these articles and where are they available for people to read? So, so they're available on our website, which is www.oyahezelgakumete.co.za. Uh, they're also available on my Facebook, which is oyahezelgakumete. And what I've done, and they're available on YouTube, and they're available also on the cloud. Because what I've done is I've put them in writing, and then I've also done uh, uh, audio uh, podcasts as well as video over images uh, podcasts. And I've also translated them into Zulu and into Afrikaans um, just as a start so that, you know, one can say we're starting somewhere with actually having them in more than just one language. And so they're available in those different kinds of mediums on our web- oh, website, which is ohezogakumete, as well as on ohezogakumete.co.za, well, as well as on our Facebook, which is ohezogakumete. And if you just do YouTube and if you ohezogakumete, you'll find it. You don't need to read. You can just listen and look at the uh, video uh, over images. And just, yeah, I'm just really challenging South Africans to enjoy and be challenged to change. I love and it. I love it. I love it. Change. Let's do the hard work of change. We can do it. I love it. Listen, you have an open invitation any time to come and talk to us but we will find you again because before the 10 days is up we need to just measure and keep reminding people thank you so much shadow thank you for your time thank you so much bye-bye oya hazel gagumede dot co dot z-a o-y-a hazel gagumede k-a-g-u-m-e-d-e dot co dot z-a i thought that was fabulous